Hey friends and listeners, it's Katie. Welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast, little mini-sode. I just wanted to record something real quick for you guys. So we have a friend of ours, her name's Kaylin. Hi Kaylin, I hope you're listening. She, uh, we've been wanting to get her on the show for a while now, and we actually tried to record something with her a few months back, but the connection wasn't so great because, as as you probably know, I'm in Arizona, Sarah is in Berlin, and Kaylin lives in California. So the connection over Skype wasn't too awesome, and we weren't able to actually air that episode. But we want to get her on soon because she has a good story to tell. And she actually wrote in, she wrote a little uh, email So I wanted to read that for you guys as kind of a little teaser uh, to when she's going to actually be on the show with us. So I'll get right into it. From Kaylin. So a little context. My mom is from Bountiful, Utah and grew up in a relatively relaxed, though LDS home. My dad grew up Catholic. Both became pretty agnostic slash atheist after their teens and 20s. However, my mom's mom became a really devout Mormon after her husband died a couple years before I was born, so I only ever knew my grandmother as a super judgmental Mormon woman who would grill me on how many times I went to church since the last time I saw her. My mom and aunt would tell me all the time how rad my grandma was when her husband was alive. Apparently, she gambled and rode motorcycles and generally generally seemed super fun. Oh well. I think she clung to the LDS doctrine after his death to feel secure in her hope that she'd be with her husband, who I eventually found out abused my grandmother and mother constantly in the afterlife. I guess she couldn't wait to get to ruling that planet she was promised. (laughs) Anyway, my mom was the black sheep of her family and moved to California once she wised up and realized her first husband, her high school sweetheart, of course, was sleeping with half of Bountiful and wasn't even trying to hide it. She drifted from the church pretty quickly after that, so the only pressure I ever felt to be Mormon when growing up was the shade and guilt cast by my grandmother and aunt, who lived outside of Salt Lake City and was a relatively devout Latter-day Saint, but also like the biggest bitch I've ever met. (laughs) Being that I had no pressure from my mom to go to church when I was living my little life in California, I never went to church because even as a kid, I still hated waking up early on the weekends. Plus, I never understood prayer or had any feeling of faith in any specific God, Jesus, or whatever. But my grandma constantly asked about my church and always sung the praises of my cousin, who was my awful aunt's youngest daughter, who was one year younger than me, and who was going to church with her asshole family and was going to be baptized. Then my mom tells me randomly, when I was maybe 9 or 10, that it would make grandma so happy if you were baptized. So, I decided I wanted to get baptized. But I was at least 10 by this point, which I'm sure you know is super late for an LDS baptism for someone supposedly from a Mormon family. Usually by that time, you're fully a member of the ward and slightly brainwashed, so I soon realized I had a shit ton to catch up on. Enter the visiting teachers. Man, it was so weird having them come over for Bible study and help me prepare for baptism. I remember distinctly reading, or sorry, distinctly finding it really difficult to accept all the purity and your body is a temple shit. 
I've wanted tattoos since I knew what they were and distinctly remember saying to one of the teacher's missionaries that, but buildings are painted and decorated. Why not my body? (laughs) I was a smartass and still am. (laughs) And of course, I never got any other answer than, well, God told Joseph Smith that he wanted all people to preserve the bodies given to them or whatever. I never believed it, honestly. I can't remember how long this studying process was, but I kind of just said what I needed to in order to get the visiting teachers and Bible study groups off of my back. So the baptism happened. The bishop of our ward lived right behind my parents' house at this point, so he was always keeping up with how I was doing and seemed to take a real interest in my spiritual journey. (laughs) I remember hating the baptism jumpsuit robe thing because they tried giving me a child's one first, and the bishop was like, huh, you're a bit bigger than the kids we usually baptize. Also, lol, I didn't go to church even once by choice after I was baptized. The end. (laughs) Comments training me to be ashamed of my fat little body were rife in my childhood from adults and children alike. I was always a little butterball and I guess everyone in my family or the church had an opinion about it. A lot of the problematic stuff about my weight was unrelated to the LDS church. My dad's dad literally offered me $20 for every pound I lost during middle school. Thanks, pops. But there certainly was toxic shit related to bodies trained into my mother through her childhood, which absolutely affected me growing up. Her sister, the main heinous bitch from the subject line, was the worst culprit. My half-sister, she's 18 years younger than me and the product of my mom's second toxic marriage, also grew up chubby. So instead of letting this little girl live her goddamn life, my aunt started a fat camp at her house in Utah. She took my sister for the summers and would feed her and the other three kids in the house, but mostly just her oldest daughter because, God forbid, a man isn't perfect and prays from birth, and all those terrible 80s fads diets in order to make them lose weight, along with literally locking up the cabinets. These girls couldn't even have been older than 10, mind you. My aunt also forced them to run and play outside all day to rush this weight loss process. Manipulative and unhealthy approaches to weight loss run in my family, I guess. Luckily, my mother learned her lesson from that and never let me do that, but that doesn't mean I was completely left alone by my aunt. I remember one time when I was maybe 12, my mom, myself, my awful aunt, and my cousin traveling during summer break. I pretty much developed like B-plus cut breasts overnight when puberty hit me on my 11th birthday. What a very cool birthday present. So I've been wearing underwire bras since I was an actual child. So this summer I was feeling okay about myself for one reason or another and had got a special, well, you don't need it, but we'll get it for you dress while back to school shopping before we left. It was this knee length V-neck spaghetti strap denim dress that I loved and felt like a cute girl in, but obviously my aunt hated it. My most distinct memory of this aunt takes place at a diner. I was leaning forward at the booth looking at a menu. I could feel her staring holes into me. Then she says to my mom, Terry, Jesus, Terry, are you just going to let her dress like that? And gestured at my chest. Her voice was just dripping in judgment, disgust, and venom. She obviously wanted to shame me, and loudly. And it worked. I immediately felt so ashamed and confused and turned beet red, as if growing up as a fat girl hadn't done me enough harm with regard to my relationship with my body. My aunt was now bullying me for having breasts and being too young to think that they should be covered. 
She was the queen of these awful little comments and said shit like this and worse all the time. By 15, I hated this woman with a passion and have rarely ever, a passion that I have rarely ever felt. Even though she obviously believed herself to be an extremely pious, righteous, good person, she was one of the most deliberately cruel people I've ever known. And her kids all turned out to be shitheads too. Surprise, surprise. Oh, also, her oldest daughter, who was the only one that came even close to nice on that side of the family, went to Samoa on her mission at 18 and came back pregnant. She had to go back, find the dude, bring him back to Utah, and get married. Luckily, I guess, my aunt was too overjoyed at having grandchildren to be too upset, even though they couldn't be married in the temple. Sigh. I think that marriage lasted for a while, but the last time I heard anything from that side of the family, it was totally toxic and falling apart with three sweet kids caught in the middle. Anyway, that's all the trauma I can think to share right now. There's tons more about my grandma's not-so-secret racism, weird visiting teachers, the legendary repression, and refusal of my Mormon family to ever talk about anything serious, and emerald salad. But I'll leave it for another 800-word email. Kaylin, you're awesome. As you know, we love that email, and I think all the other listeners can relate to that. Probably many of them will. Thank you for sharing. All the rest of you, keep sending them in. Uh, not so Molly Mormon podcast at gmail.com. We love you. Please subscribe to us on anywhere that you get your podcasts, and we'll talk soon. Bye.